0: All right. Thank you. Um, If it's all right, I'm just going to read a a quick scripture. It's going to be Psalm 77. This has been um, sort of a uh, just a landmark psalm in my own spiritual life. And so I just thought I'd share it real quick. Um, It's going to be Psalm 77. Verse 1, I cry aloud to God, aloud to God, and he will hear me. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. In the night, my hand is stretched out without wearying. My soul refuses to be comforted. When I remember God, I moan. When I meditate, my spirit faints. You hold my eyelids open. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I consider the days of old, the years long ago. I said, let me remember my song in the night. Let me meditate in my heart. Then my spirit made a diligent search. Will the the Lord spurn forever and never again be favorable? Has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises at an end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his compassion? Verse 10, Then I said, I will appeal to this to the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God. You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. You with your, uh, with your arm redeemed your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph. Verse 16, when the waters saw you, O God, when the waters saw you, they were afraid. Indeed, the deep trembled. The clouds poured out water. The skies gave forth thunder. Your arrows flashed on every side. The crash of your thunder was in the whirlwind. Your lightnings lighted up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your way was through the sea, your path through the great waters. Yet your footprints were unseen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Heavenly Father, um, thank you for this time where I can uh, share a little bit about what you've done, um, at least in my life, and I just pray that what I share would be glorifying to you, glorifying to Christ, um, that the men would come away from here not thinking, what a great tes- uh, testimony of Kai, but what a great God we all have, um, and, Savior, and Savior in Christ. So Lord, um, please just uh, bless this time, and maybe a sweet time for all of us, and glorifying to you. Amen. All right. So uh, I have what most people would consider to be a a boring testimony, but of course, um, we're in a well-taught church, so we know that there's nothing boring about a person coming from spiritual death to spiritual life in Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. So uh, to my knowledge, my spiritual journey to faith in Christ began when I was three years old in the backseat of a Tacoma. my dad's Tacoma. He was delivering inflatable jumpers to houses for birthday parties. He was in school for um, acupuncture and recently divorced from my mom. And wondering, you know, how am I going to have an influence uh, for Christ on my son's life? Um, around that time, he discovered uh, R.C. Sproul and his uh, Bible teaching on the radio. And so that was so those were sort of the first uh, the first seeds for me. I was three years old in a car seat in the back seat listening to Bible teaching. Um, Jump, uh, dropping off inflatable jumpers. So yeah, <laughs> so which is funny because I later ended up working at a, at a bounce house place. So it was almost sort of the Lord uh, foreshadowing that. Yeah. Um, and it was at that time when we were making those, uh, those trips that the Lord strongly impressed upon my dad to just do everything he could to um, te- do everything he could to teach me to love Jesus, to trust Jesus and to follow him. And so in Proverbs 22, verse 6, train up a child in the way he should go. And even when he's old, um, he will not depart from it. And my dad clung to that for that verse for, um, for just uh, what he would want to do and how he would want to be my father in the midst of this, the, the situation we were in with my parents splitting up. So, so my dad entered the business of just planting seeds with me. Um, I'd spend my summers down with him in Orange County. I'd visit him a lot. We talked on the phone. Um, pretty much my whole life. We, uh, I'm, I'm really bl- I was blessed to not have a, an estranged relationship with a dad who, who, had, who was separated from my mom, and so I'm, I'm truly blessed and thankful for that. Um, almost every chance he could get, he would point me to Christ and the forgiveness that was available to him. I went to VBS when I would go and visit him um, down in Orange County. And from the very beginning, my dad really wanted me to be sure and understand that we don't get into heaven um, by what I call the religion of good personism. Um, We don't get to heaven by being good people. Um, My dad had a very high view of the sovereignty of God, and um, he really believed that God was on his throne and in control of all things. And so whenever I would spend time with him, um, he he never... Put the you know put the pressure on me to conform or to or to or to believe or force me to try to believe or tr- force me to um, really pretend like I was a Christian or say I was a Christian when I wasn't. He never tried to uh, try to um, get that conversion out of me as a as a young boy. So he just taught me about Jesus, and um, he just did. Uh, yeah, he never really. Pressured me into kind of giving that giving that testimony as a as a young child. So he just continued to plant seeds and to pray, um, to ask question, ask me questions. What do you think about this? Like, what do you think? And what do you think about this in light of what the Bible says? And so he continued to plant seeds and pray. And in my dad, I had a model of just honesty before God and before men. Um, he, I had a model of confession and repentance. Because when my dad sinned, I saw it. Uh, I saw him sin, and uh, I saw I saw sins, and I saw seasons of sin too. And um, my dad never never tried to give this presentation that you know uh, Christians are perfect people. Uh, of course, we are called to holiness. That that much is true, and he was uh, very upfront with that as well. But he was also just very honest and honest in his repentance and his confession of sin. And I really had that. Um, I really had that example set for me, and so I'm very thankful for that. And it was, it was really, the dividends wouldn't come until later on in my own Christian life that I still hold on to that example of just honesty about our sin. And so that was my childhood. By the time I was a senior in high school, I was a, I was a pretty good person, pretty good in the religion of good personism. Um, yeah, I was, I was kind. Uh, I, was, you know, I was nice to people. I respected my parents. I definitely wasn't living the kind of life a lot of my peers were. Um, I went to Carlmont High School 10 minutes from here. Um, I even considered myself to be, wait for it, conservative. And so I was really a good person then. I, and like, really under no, under no compulsion from anybody else, I'm like, I was like, uh, yeah, I'm, going to, I'm, in, I'm living in arguably the most you know godless place in the country, um, you know, people just hate God outright and, uh, and I'm, I'm in the public school system, um, you know, I don't have a Christian influence in the home. And, it's, and, and here I am like thinking like, oh, I'm not getting on board with uh, all this uh, Twinkie stuff. It's like, so it's like, I was like, I'm doing pretty good. I'm, a, I'm pretty, I'm doing all right. I'm, for a high schooler in th- these circumstances, I got it going on. Um, and so from all outward appearances, I was a pretty good person. I was a good guy. Uh, a nice kid, um, but you know what else I was? Depraved, uh, godless, spiritually dead sinner. And so um, Isaiah 64, 6, we have all become like one who is unclean, and all are righteous deeds. All are righteous deeds. And all means all, and that's all means all of them. Anything that we consider to be, to be good deeds on our part are what? Like a polluted garment some of us understand really what that that terminology is saying. It's, it's very, it's very graphic. Um, polluted garment, very graphic. That was the reality of my situation. Um, hidden from the public, you know, hidden from the view of others, I was transgressing against God in my, um, in my friendships, in my relationship with my girlfriend at the time, um, and even just in my own personal life and in my heart. The, really the, the source of that problem was that I didn't know God and I didn't love God, because I was in love with my own sin. John 8, 34, Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. So by the end of my senior year, I was invited by some peers to study and do some homework um, for our finals at the church that was right next to our high school. Church isn't there anymore, but... Um, they attended this church next to our high school and they invited me like, oh, do you want to come and, uh, and do some homework with us? Because it was kind of known that, I, you know, people kind of knew that I was a Christian. I wasn't really, but I, I called myself a Christian. And so they invited me and I was actually in the market because I, I didn't grow up going to church. So I was actually in the market for a church, strangely enough, at the time. So I was pretty eager to, to go with them. I met the pastor and his wife and they were warm and they were welcoming and they embraced me. And they invited me to come on Sunday. And I can't recall which Sunday it was by date. I didn't have um, a dramatic experience or episode, although this church would have been the place to do so. Um, They sort of encouraged that thing, that sort of thing. But um, it didn't didn't really happen for me like that. Um, Didn't have a particularly memorable point or moment of conversion. But in, those first we, but in those first weeks of my going there at the tail end of my senior year, God took the words of the gospel of Jesus Christ that were preached there. The same words that my father had told me about my whole life, um, God used them at, around that time. He used them to bring me to faith in Jesus Christ as my own personal Savior and as the Lord of my life. I knew, always knew in my mind that hell was real and that it was filled with good people who never turned to Christ in repentance and faith. But for me at the time, it was something that was far off, something that I would have to deal with sometime in the future. You know, Once I've enjoyed all the pleasures of sin, that I, once I've enjoyed everything I can get out of this life, then I'll repent. Then I'll, then I'll take this seriously after I've enjoyed myself. And it's like, hey, I'm, I'm young. I want to kind of live and get all the gusto out of life that I can, um, and I'll deal with it later. 2 Corinthians 6.2, behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. And I could put it off no longer. I had to believe in Christ and repent of my sins, or the only destiny that would await me would be um, unending misery and destruction in hell, away from the love of God. I realized that if my sins weren't paid for by Christ, I would have to pay for them myself in hell. And that was when I became a Christian at that time. As I began to read the Bible for myself, I saw that my salvation uh, really was something that God had brought about in me by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read a, a little bit of scripture. It, you know, it's, Many of you know this passage and cherish it. It's the signature text on the grace of God and our salvation, Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This is what really happened in my salvation, what we just read. It's true, I did choose Christ, and I did exercise my own will in, when I believed in Christ. But behind this was and is the greater reality that God had chosen me before the foundation of the world and set me apart, not because, like we're just saying, not because of anything good in me, but because of how good he is. I was a spiritually dead person, and God had raised me to newness of life in Christ. I was dead, and now I'm alive. I was lost, and now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. There's a lot I can say about my life since coming to Faith in Christ eight years ago, but um, I'm just going to highlight one of them, what I believe to be one of the most, if not the most important part of my walk with Jesus is um, involvement and commitment to a local church. Um, Hebrews 10 Twenty-four, twenty-five. we just read this, uh, you know, not too long ago, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Um, whatever good the Lord has done in and through my life, he's always done it, um, he's always done so as I've been an active member uh, in a church, and it's not all been the most pleasant either. Um, there are no perfect churches, no, you know, and if there, you know, there's that saying, if you find a perfect church, don't join it because you'll ruin it. Um, and that's, that's certainly been, been true for me. It's not all been, some of it's been a painful experience in churches, too. I've confessed sins to spiritual brothers and spiritual fathers in the church. I've been counseled through sins in the church. I've, I've sinned against brothers. I have sinned against brothers in the church. I've been sinned against as well in the church. Um, I've been rebuked in the church I've been humbled um, God has humbled me in the church as well um, I had the very uh unpleasant experience of watching a man in uh it was at not at this church it was at my um, at another church I went to um, We watched a man receive the um, final stage of church discipline and this was a man in our um, in our discipleship group and um the pastor, with tears, he said, you know, we can no longer affirm this man's profession of faith in Christ. Um, he's refused to repent, and the men and I, in that discipleship, who were in that group, in the service, um, we wept out loud. Um, and uh, it's, it, the the experience, what we experience in the church, and it was right that they did that, um, but it's, it's not always, it's not always a, uh, you know, laughs and giggles and and joyful times, sometimes, you know, we experience heartbreak in the church, and um, our hearts uh, broke at that time, and we just, we wept with one another. Um, I've wept over friends uh, who left on long-term missions. I haven't seen them since. Um, uh, The church is the place where we can live honest Christian lives uh, with one another, most of the commands in the New Testament for believers for Christians uh, only make sense if we are in the church, if we are committed to a, a local body of people um, all the one another commands to love one another and so forth and so forth so um, it, the church is the place where we can live honest Christian lives and bear our, each other's burdens and just be transparent with one another and uh it's it's the it's a liberating it's a liberating thing um, to be uh to be accountable to others and to be transparent with others about our own sins um, but it isn't all just that the church uh, I've experienced some of the most blessed, happiest, sweetest times of my life in the church as well. Um, I had the privilege of coming to faith in Christ uh, around the same time that my then girlfriend who would eventually become my wife um, she got saved. we got saved around the same time together um, at a little bit of uh, different times but um, but in the same in the same church, so that was a that was a sweet thing. Um, I got to be a member of a church with my dad, who had prayed for my salvation for years. Um, we got to be members of a church together and and fellowship as as brothers in Christ. We got to be experience that brothers in Christ. My dad, uh, he's very and he is very much a spiritual father to me as as much as he is um, as much as he is my my biological father. He really is. uh is a spiritual father and, and and a brother in Christ and we got to share that that time together so and worshiping together we got baptized um, during the same during the same service um, some of my very best friends to this day who are peers that I went to church with and we formed a young men's Bible study um, and um, even to this day some of them, Came up here for, for my wedding, and we we became friends in the church. Um, we are united by that love for Christ and for His Word. Um, I've had the privilege of sitting under preaching, where the Scripture is proclaimed and explained and applied, and we go through everything, all the all the the fun stuff and also the the hairy stuff that you know we don't uh, that uh, churches sometimes don't like to go through. I've I've had the privilege of sitting under that as well, so. Um, men have accepted my phone calls at three in the morning, and uh, just bared my burdens with me in the church. And that was those, are, you know, when I was walking through valleys, um, the valleys of, you know, of the of the Psalms, the low points of life. I've experienced that, and I've been embraced, and 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 um, I've been embraced and uh, and held onto during those times of my life um, by the church. So. And then recently, I had the privilege of um, going to church and marrying the girl that uh, I was. You know, uh, we, we started dating. We were just reprobate uh, sinners, um, and it was uh, it was great. You know, we we got married in the we got married in the church, and we we go to church with one another and now. Um, and uh, we don't go to church. We are the church. Same thing with all of us men. Like we don't go to church. If we're in Christ, we are the church. Um, and so. Man, I, ju- I just share these things to, to demonstrate the importance of uh, the work of God that happens in the local church. Um, sometimes we can make the mistake of, of thinking that Christianity is just, is, is just a me and my God faith, and it's not. Um, there is an individual aspect of our Christian walks and our Christian lives. Um, but if we've trusted in Christ, God works to grow each and every one of us uh, as his word is taught and applied in the church together. Um, we we're saved individually, but God called all of us out of this world, and we, we, should, be, um, commit, we should be committed to that. Um, the Holy Spirit's most important work is not the extraordinary, miraculous work that, he, that he's done, but it's the ordinary work that he does um, through prayer, fellowship, preaching, singing, um, practicing baptism in the Lord's table in the local church, as he conforms us into the image of Christ. That's the most important work that the Holy Spirit does. It's just the ordinary, everyday stuff. Um, You know, a a tree, I've I've shared this illustration before, you know, the growth of a tree is is imperceptible. But when you look at a sequoia, you realize, wow, this thing has grown, because it used to be just a seed. And sometimes it it can seem that way in the local church. You know, this is just business as usual, like, you know, I don't see much. Uh, this can be true in the church, or it could be true of even our own lives, where we may not be able to perceive the gro- that growth, but as we, as we keep um, committing ourselves to the church and, and fellowshipping and praying and, and singing God's praise and preaching the word and reading the word together, um, we can look back And I'm sure that this is the testimony of many of you here. You can look back in your lives and see what God, um, not necessarily how good y- you've done a good job, but how God has grown you. Um, and this is certainly true in my life. So um, I thank and praise God for um, all that he's done through and um, done for me. And he's done it through his, his church as well. So um, that's my personal testimony of uh, how I came to faith in Christ and what my life has been like uh, since then. So thank you. Um, I just have one more thing too. Uh, I typically try not to... Um, uh, tell pe- I, I like many of you know I like to read and so I try not to tell go around telling people you need to read this you need to read this this was great uh, just because God uses different things at different times um, in different ways for different people so I just um, I brought a handful of the books that have sort of been uh, landmarks for me in my own spiritual life um, if case you want to come up and, and look at them um, there uh... yeah sure. so um, this one is um, it's a Puritan paperback. Precious remedies against Satan's devices, uh, really helpful with um, just going through the script. I mean, it's just half of it's almost just Bible quotes, Bible quotations, um, and it's just um, really a, almost. I'm sort of weary of how-to books in Christian Christian living. I'm sort of weary of those, but this is the this is maybe the best that you could get as far as like almost like a manual of like different types of sins, different types of temptations, and how we can respond biblically to those things. Um, so, this is really helpful. This is just um, this is a book of uh, Martin Lloyd Jones' sermons. I you can listen to them as well. Um, it's sort of you know sometimes the quality's not that good, but it sort of adds to the experience a little bit. I I like it. Um, but also he his a lot of his sermons are in book form too, and even in Spanish. Um, they're also yeah they're also some in Spanish too. So um, yeah, his his sermons have have helped me a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I get a lot of my books from uh, christianbook.com. They have pretty good prices there. Yeah, they, they have pretty competitive prices where they're, they're pretty low. Um, I think this is by, uh, yeah, Banner of Truth is the publisher. Um, this one, Christianity and Liberalism, the, basic, the premise of this book is basically just, you know, there's not conservative Christianity and liberal Christianity. There's Christianity and then there's liberalism. It's a totally different religion. Um, there's no such thing as, as liberal Christianity, so... Um, attributes of God by A.W. Pink. Really, really good. Just a short book. I mean, just, I mean, all, most of it's just scripture quotations, um, just outlining all of God's characteristics and all of his attributes um, in, from the Bible. Um, Holiness of God, R.C. Sproul. It's a classic. Just goes in and um, really just uh, gives you a high view of God from the scriptures and um, a little bit from his own uh, experience as well. So um, this was sort of early on in my, in my Christian life. And then this one, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's pretty much torn up and written through. Uh, this one's Packer on the Christian life. Uh, it's, a, it's a book written about uh, J.I. Packer and sort of his take on, um, on Christian living and different aspects of theology from his perspective and his teaching. Um, it doesn't try to glorify him at all. It acknowledges certain things that may have been off about him. So I appreciate the, that honesty where it's not just like, you know, Packer can do no wrong or Packer can teach no wrong. So, um, yeah, this is really this has been really helpful. Thinking about the atonement, um, thinking about uh, Romans 7 and just, like, the struggle we have in the Christian life that, you know, why is my not life not where I want it to be? Why, why is my life not perfect? And he really uh, outlines it pretty well. So um, this has been – I keep going back to this. But, yeah, all of these, you're more than welcome to come on up and, uh, and take a look for yourself, but these have just been some – Uh, landmark books um, for me that God has used to kind of help me along in my walk with Christ. So, yeah, thank you.